Welcome to Barnside Chats here with Burns and Bob. I am Burns. And I'm Bob. And we have a special guest today with our overseas correspondent, Cooper. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining, Noah. Also known as Cooper. Thank you. And Cooper, where are you at these days? I'm up here in uh, northern Washington, up in uh, Bremerton, on the Sound, up Puget Sound. That's right, our buddy Cooper's over there serving us on the Navy. Yep, USS Carl Vincent, look it up. It's a cool ship. Yes, it is. And I'm actually doing a surprise visit up here in Oregon. So we have the whole, almost the whole western seaboard here in this rare occurrence. So just to let you know, guys, Noah is having a fun airsoft war trying to catch a prize in the middle of somewhere. And that's why you might hear a bunch of background noise during this chat. But on this podcast today, we mainly want to talk about Noah, about one of his prized and famous hobbies. That's known as fish. So, Cooper, what have you been up to these days in Washington? Uh, mainly working. Uh, they got us on a uh, ship down here for the whole COVID deal. And, uh, you know, we're just working hard. I'm working nights currently. And, uh, you know, I'm just doing a lot of welding, a lot of plumbing deals down or up here on the old ship. And what exactly is your title there? Uh, I'm a hall technician, third class. Pretty much, I, I lead a, I lead a few sailors doing welding jobs around the ship on piping and structural systems, and uh, we also manage the ship's uh, sewage system. You gotta go, you gotta go, and knows a man to keep your ship clean. So it seems like. So Noah, when you're not busy working in the state of Washington, what do you like to do for fun? Uh, we usually work on trucks, uh, shoot some guns, play some airsoft recently. That's our newest venture up here. And uh, I play a little video games when I'm not working. And I spend too much money. How's, uh, how's one of your fond hobbies that you used to do here in the state of California, fishing? How's that going in Washington? Fishing? Oh, we, um, they just uh, reopened uh, fishing up here about two weeks ago. And uh, we've been hitting the trout scene pretty good recently. So you've been limited out every day in Washington? Um, not every day. I haven't actually limited out yet. You could say I have been, but we just haven't been keeping limit. We were just tossing them back. Mm-hmm. And it's all stocked up there? Where you yeah, were they, uh, they just stocked up the other day. So. Nice. Pretty, uh, pretty exciting up here. They stock up pretty recent, pretty often, though. All rainbows, or they got some browns and brooks in there? Uh, I think they're rainbows. Nothing too crazy. And the new pool you got on your 21st when we went to Bass Pro Shop, that's all working good? Oh, uh, that, that has slain many a trout so far, so hoping to slay a few more. Dang, I'm jealous. I can't, I can't for some reason get any trout to save my life lately. Well, you're just not fishing? Apparently not, or at least the last time I went trout fishing was in a creek, and I was always getting caught up in everything. That's why you just got to set your rigs to bounce the bottom. That that or the the hooks were either too big or too small. Little brook trout. Yeah, you want to go for size 10, size 12 hooks. And live bait worms. And uh, I, I'd, I'd get nibbles and they'd eat them off of it. And 
That was it. Not that good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> just do like a size uh, 10 and just two split shots and some salmon eggs. Yeah. It's less to, less for them to bite on where worm, you know, it's quite big on the hook. So let me be biting on either end of the worm. But well, the, re- the reason why we were doing worms is because everybody else is doing worms. And Morgan, a friend of ours that we know, uh, he uh, he was just slaying them. He, was ca- he caught like, uh, I want to say six of them in one day. And granted, they're only like maybe, you know, they're legal length and whatever. But um, anyways, uh, we took them and he was catching. He caught six in one night. And we just got there and it was like, we were only there for like an hour and a half. We got like six of them. Yeah, you just got to keep moving down the creek and look for little aerated pockets. That's where they like to hide. I know. I, I've had bites, but I haven't been able to. At least last time I wasn't able to hook any. Well, you got to be like Noah. You just got to really set the hook. Yeah, you, you really. You, well, that's your try. You really just got to wait for them to set it themselves, you know? Because they're pretty aggressive for how small they are. They are. There are some aggressive little fish, that's for damn sure. But one thing we need to do when we get everybody back in Cali is go do our shark fishing now that Burns has a has a pole. Yeah, I need to break that pole and I was going to, not break it, I was going to bring it out to the coast one day to see if I can catch any uh, perch and just for fun, but I uh, kind of forgot it. Had it all stringed up, ready to go, too. <laughs> that was a pretty good birthday present from old Bob, huh? That was a nice one. Still is a nice one. Looks still brand new. <laughs> <laughs> Just needed to get a leopard on the end of it. So, Cooper, besides trout, have you been fishing for anything else? Oh, uh, no, just trout. I mean, there's a little bit of bass up here, but they ain't like bass back home, I'll tell you that. They're, uh, they're little dinkies. Little dinky guys. So nothing, nothing too fast. Ain't too bad up here. Trout's where it's at. There's tons of trout. Nothing that you need to be carrying your usual four poles around to get. Uh no, I've only been carrying the uh, the old trout rod right now, just because uh, all my other stuff's in uh, storage unit, and I don't want to go over there and uh, grab it because I can't break it down. I like that old little trout pole I can break down. But I do say the. Uh, the old spinning, spinning, uh, spinning baits. Those, uh, those work real, real nice up here. Little panther that's all, martins. That's all I've caught them on here is uh, the old, the old panther martin, little, little spinning jig. Yeah, where we go, we never really have luck with the panther martins because we just snag them on the bottom. We just always yeah, have... you gotta, you gotta get them deep. That's for sure. Yeah, they get caught in the grass real nice. And Burns, being in Oregon, you didn't plan on bringing a fishing pole, did you? Nope, because it was gonna rain, and guess what? It it I think it just started raining actually outside. I can hear it. We're supposed to have some thunder and lightning tonight. Uh, it was supposed to come in earlier this afternoon. I heard a couple rumbles. It rained a little bit, but it wasn't like a heavy rain like we had on Friday. Friday it just downpoured, and what seemed like it would have been an inch at home, and it just literally downpoured, and it was the heaviest rain I've seen in a while. I'll tell you that, even from being back home, having all that rain that we and flooding that we did have, uh, like in the last couple of years. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, we've been lucky. 
We've been lucky here. And you've been in Oregon for how many days now? Well, I've been here since Wednesday. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, five days. And you're coming home when? Tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. Coming home tomorrow. I'm taking a break for tonight. I don't feel like driving seven hours back home. So how many sheep do you reckon you sheared in Oregon? Well, the first, it, it was a great, it was a good thing because up in Oregon here at the school, a shearer up here, he was teaching the whole deal and actually two shears. One of them had a back surgery, so he couldn't help. He couldn't shear, but he could give you pointers. The other guy, he, he's a shearer, but he doesn't uh, do it as often because it does tear up your back pretty bad. Uh, this uh, job. Other than that, uh, every day is progressive. Uh, started out Thursday. Thursday, I, I did maybe four to five head. And meanwhile, the other person that was uh, with me, she was struggling so bad that she didn't even show up for the rest of the class, for any of the rest of the classes. And she's an older person, so it didn't really uh, benefit her to just come out and uh, finish it. Other than that, you know, started out with like four or five. The next day it was like, I want to say close to 10. And then yesterday it was more towards 15. And today it was like 25. So I, it's a great improvement from where we started. So, and we shared and we just went through them all. And it was so fast. Like you can't believe how fast you go as long as you just keep going on and going on. If you don't know the ending point, in other words, if you don't know the ending point, you just keep going and you don't stop until the job's done. And I kind of like it to think of uh, work ethics that way. You know, you do you don't quit until you get the job done. So, what time would you say on average you were doing one head? It's kind of difficult to say because uh, if everything was going right, you know, the if yous weren't fighting and if you weren't pulled too far away from the machine or the drop, you know, you, you'd save time and. If they didn't have any belly wool or crotch, uh, crotch wool, then you'd be, uh, you know, set ahead. Just putting out, you know, worst of the worst, you know, you have everything, wool everywhere, legs, belly, crotch, head. I'd say about five minutes now. And then with the fighting, maybe a little bit longer. So, and you got to take breaks in between if you're just starting out because it, it's a strain on your back. You can feel it. What kind of instruments do you use? Was it all manual or electric? Well, they're ele- they're electric uh, they're electric drops, and they call the they call the shearing machine a drop uh, because it is literally a motor that connects to a shaft. Uh, the shaft can be either. Anyways, they got two different kinds of shafts going on, and and I was using one of them. I can't tell you right off the top of my head right now. Anyways, it's it's electric motor that drops down through a drive shaft into uh, into like two uh, two elbows that have gears on them so that the so that it can transmit that power from the electric motor down to the handpiece which has the clippers on there and the clipper has a, a comb and a cutter and you use the comb to comb through the wool and then it cuts the wool kind of like if you go to the barber and you get a uh, get a haircut through one of their electric uh, Electric, uh, what are they called? I, I want to call them shears because that's what I've been using. But, uh, electric razor? Electric razors or something like that. You know, it's pretty much the same thing, just on a bigger scale. Wool is different than hair. It's got to comb through a little bit more than before it cuts. But that's basically what we use uh, used up here. 
and we had six stations of those, about 12 people, and then it dwindled down every day. It seemed like it was at 12 to 11, and today it was like almost 10, and it was, you know, we managed to get through it all. So it was big improvements from since day one, so that's, I was surprised on how fast everybody actually did how fast four days can help you become a better shooter from starting out with nothing to something, you know, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool experience. How many pounds of wool would you say that you'd get per sheep? Not much. Wool, the wool market today is not very high. Um, but what we did with most of the wool is, uh, the wool that we sheared off, uh, it wasn't worth much money because it's a coarser wool. Um, so it would be baled and they actually have a baler for this wool and uh, into canvas type sacks. Then they'd, uh, they're going to get it shipped out to be made into like mattress pads and whatnot. And that's where, that's where that's going to. And I think it's going to Utah just on my best guess, because that's what we did back home. Uh, once, when the shares were there and then we, you know, got all the, all the wool baled. And uh, that's where that headed off to is to Utah to, you know, get processed and into, you know, probably mattress pads. Sure not for the MyPillow? That I cannot say because I don't know. <laughs> I have a MyPillow and it seems to do the job. I would not recommend the MyPillow. You heard it from Cooper. Don't buy MyPillow. Like the first five times you use it, and then after that, it gets it, it gets this permanent indentation, and you're trying to pack your pillow for a good fifteen minutes, and then it just disappears within two hours after your head's been resting on it. Have you washed it and then put it into the dryer? Oh, it's washable. <laughs> Is that what the instructions say to do? Put it in the dryer? No, no, no. You wash it, so you wash it and then you dry it, and then it'll be like brand new again. I've had to do that. Well, I wish there was like a forum for this thing. I would have checked it out. There's no forum. It's all, it's all in the commercial. Well, that's why there are podcasts, Cooper. So speaking on the topic of sheep, Cooper, you used to raise sheep too. Yes, I did. Do you miss raising sheep? Um, yeah, I do. They were fun. They were dumb. And they made some money, which was nice. I didn't know sheep could make money. They did. They do. Especially if you sell them at the fair. That's the only time you're making money on sheep, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about it. Other than that, um... You're screwed. Yeah. I was more partial to goats. They had more of a personality. A little bit more brains to them. I wouldn't... I don't know. I think, uh, I think goats and sheep had an equal set of brains on them. I think goats just are more flexible versions of sheep with hair. Goats just, uh, goats just like to get into dumber stuff than sheep for some reason. The only thing I can see good out of goats is that they eat blackberries, and that's really what I'd like about them. They eat the blackberries, eat the poison oak, everything like that. Well, Burns, on this episode of Barnside Chats, is there anything else you want to talk about? Everybody out there, stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask when needed. I know up here in Oregon they kind of really don't care. You know, everybody in the stores and whatnot, they have to wear masks. The town I'm in, they've had like 36 cases and 35 of them are already recovered. 
not to say that <laughs> anywhere else if people are bringing it in or whatever or doing that, but just where, you know, just be appropriate to where you're at. If you're out there, just be cautious. Wash your hands. Do what the sign says. That's about it on this side of the barn. What else you got for us, Bob? You don't have much. Cooper, you got anything you want to add from the state of Washington? Uh, I just want to say it's uh, beautiful up here. If you ever get the chance to visit, don't hesitate. It's nice. Uh, besides uh, the fact that it rains a lot. Um, other than that, just uh, stay safe. Wash your hands. Uh, wear your mask when you need to. I mean, I wear a mask at work all the time, but that's because we have to. So, But, you know, I think we're, uh, we're almost through this. And uh, keep your head up high and keep pushing on. I think we'll get through. Maintain your social distance. Yeah, six feet. Always six feet. Six feet. And before we go, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Resorty Ranch and Vineyard, and our sister station, The Green Cowboy and I. And remember where you heard it. The side of the barn. We're out of here. I'm Burns. I'm Bob. We'll see you on the next Barnside Chats. Adios.